Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. Today in the Charlie Kirk Show, we go through the slaughter happening in Chicago. We go through massive censorship that is happening. And I give you a one-of-a-kind takedown of John Roberts, who has betrayed conservatives all across the country. And also, I give you some very strong pro-life arguments. If you guys missed out our prior episode, please check it out, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. I want to hear your thoughts, your ideas of how we can turn our country around. I love hearing from you, so please email me, freedom at charliekirk.com, what you're reading, what you're seeing, what you're processing. I love to hear your thoughts, and I read all of your emails, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you guys want to get a free copy of the MAGA Doctrine, hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, screenshot, and email us at freedom at charliekirk.com. And you will get in the running to win a free copy of the MAGA Doctrine, signed. Also, get involved with Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, tpusa.com. We are fighting on the front lines of college campuses across the country to win America's culture war. Buckle up, everybody. Action Pack episode. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Sweet home, Chicago. Not so much. As many of you know, I consider Chicago to be my hometown city. Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Big Cubs fan and I'm proud to be from Chicago. But it's really interesting how Black Lives Matter, and I think we should call Black Lives Matter BLM, not Black Lives Matter, just to make it very clear that we are critiquing the organization, not the statement. So it seems that a lot of people get awfully confused when I say I am not a fan of the Black Lives Matter organization. They say, how could you dare believe that? So I just say BLM. But BLM has been really quiet over what's happening in Chicago. More than 60 people were shot this last weekend, 16 fatally, in Democrat Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Chicago, Illinois. Over the course of 12 hours alone, in fact, 20 people were shot and seven died, including a one-year-old boy. Just for the month of June, 83 people were shot and killed, most of whom were black people shot by other black people. 450 people were shot and wounded with 533 total shot and 87 total homicides. That brings the 2020 year-to-date tally to 305 people shot and killed, 1,394 people shot and wounded, 1,699 total shot and 332 total homicides. This last weekend, two teenage boys in Chicago were shot to death after asking a man how tall he was while buying candy. Now, I saw this article. It's a Good Morning America article. But interestingly enough, it says two teenage boys shot to death. 
and I read the article and you have to go down about the seventh or eighth paragraph before they reveal that it was a black boy shot by a black person. Now, again, I don't like the hyperfixation or the hyperracialization of happening in America. I think this is a way that all articles should be written. However, with that being said, why is it when a white individual happens to kill a black individual that's immediately in the headline? So just Sean Francis, 17 years old, was shot in the back, chest, and left hand. And Charles Riley, who was 16 years old, just Sean was 17 years old, was shot in the back and the left leg. There was a third teen who was not identified managed to escape the gunfire. Both of the boys were taken to the University of Chicago Hospital and later died from the injuries. And the individual who did this was a black man, Leroy Battle, who killed two innocent people just in a convenience store. And yet BLM has said nothing about this incident. Just as of today in Chicago, a person is shot every two hours and 33 minutes and a person is shot and killed every 13 hours and five minutes. This is all from the Chicago Tribune shooting tracker, which if your city has a dedicated shooting tracker, something's probably not right. The weekend before last over Father's Day, it was a record bloodbath with 14 people killed and 95 shot. Now, keep in mind, this is one of the most gun-controlled cities in America and has always been run by Democrats since basically Chicago's not had a Republican mayor since 1931, 89 years ago. And Chicago's not alone either in being one of the most crime-ridden, dangerous cities in America. And nearly all of them have one thing in common. They're all run by Democrats. And just to give you a taste of how craven and pathetic the mainstream activist media has become, I want to tell you about this ridiculous Washington Post headline from over the weekend. So they write they're trying to refute Trump's claim that 20 out of 20 of America's most dangerous cities are run by Democrats. So they write this headline. Trump keeps claiming that most of the dangerous cities in America are all run by Democrats. They aren't. That's the headline. That's the shot. But here's the chaser. If you look at every single city in America, there's only one that is not controlled by Democrats. Jacksonville, Florida. That's right. New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Philadelphia, Memphis, Detroit, Dallas, Phoenix, Baltimore, San Antonio, Vegas, Milwaukee, Nashville, Charlotte, Albuquerque, then Jacksonville, St. Louis, San Francisco, Cleveland. Okay, so it's 19 out of 20. Sorry, you got Jacksonville. And they're saying, oh, Trump, Trump's misleading people. You know how many people share links without reading the article just because the Washington Post says it is true? But really, these numbers are so staggering, and these violent cities are overwhelmingly run by Democrats. There has not been a Republican mayor of Atlanta since the 1800s. Chicago isn't alone in suffering throughout this chaos that has entrapped America in recent months. I want to read you a text from a friend of mine who is in the Chicago Police Department. I'm not going to say his name, but he was a detective in the Chicago Police Department. He says this, quote, previously released for aggravated weapons possession. This individual criminal was given probation by Kim Fox, who's the head of the Chicago prosecutor's office. And her policies, now he just murdered two teens. The detective continues by saying, Kim Fox's prosecutorial policies and the chief judge of Cook County criminal courts are to blame for this death. So the person who killed those two individuals, those two teenagers that we just talked about, Leroy Battle, was given leniency by Kim Fox, and then two black people are killed in Chicago. Incredible. Now, in New York City, which is run by the total failure Bill de Blasio, 112 people have been injured or killed in 83 different shootings just over the past nine days. And this is totally going against Republican Mayor Giuliani's policies and former Republican Mike Bloomberg's policies. PC Matic, 
Terrific company, great partners for us in the Charlie Kirk Show. All of you guys should check it out at PCmatic.com slash Charlie. They're a whitelist next generation antivirus system designed to stop modern threats like ransomware. Independent testing, AV tests, just named PCmatic as a top performer in the cybersecurity industry, giving it the best performance award for 2019. Only PCmatic has American research, development, and support. PCmatic's competition is made in foreign countries, many where the viruses originate. PCmatic blocks annoying and malicious ads for hassle-free web browsing and makes your computers faster and more reliable even after years of use. PCmatic protects Windows computers, including XP, Vista, Windows 7, 8, or 10, Windows servers, Macs, MacBooks, and Android phones and tablets. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. And if you act now, PCmatic has offered my listeners a free month of security protection with the purchase of an annual license. To access this offer, go to PCmatic.com slash Charlie. Again, to get world-class security that keeps your computers running great, go to PCmatic.com slash Charlie, PCmatic.com slash Charlie. Here's a story I have to bring to your attention because it perfectly illustrates what I've always said about leftists, their power hungry hypocrites. Here's the proof. The city of Minneapolis is spending $4,500 a day for private security for three council members who have received threats following the police killing of George Floyd. A city spokesperson said the private security details have cost taxpayers $63,000 over the past three weeks. This comes a week after they approved a 100% defunding of the Minneapolis Police Department. So basically it's, yeah, I can get protected, but not for you, citizen plebes. This is the typical leftist ruling class mentality that dominates the American left. They claim to care about people. And when they defund people's protection and force them to pay for their private protection of the elites, it is so disgraceful and disgusting, they should be called out and hopefully removed from office. And here's another instance of Democrats totally abusing their power. Four New Jersey Democrats were charged with mail-in voter fraud. Uh, late last week, New Jersey Attorney General Gabir Grinnell, I'm reading from Breitbart.com for parts of this, by the way, terrific article, terrific website, announced election fraud charges against Patterson City Councilman Michael Jackson, Democrat, and Councilman-elect Alex Mendez, Democrat, as well as Shalim Kalik, the brother of another New Jersey City Councilman. Shanin Kalik and Abu Razan, who is linked to Kalik's re-election campaign. The charge alleges that Jackson violated state election laws when he collected mail-in ballots from voters in recent city council elections and delivered them to the Passaic County Board of Elections. I might be mispronouncing it. might be Passaic. Anyway, Jackson, according to the records, did not identify who he was when he dropped off the ballots and in one case took an unsealed ballot that has not been filled out and delivered it to the Board of Elections. The charges also claim that Councilman-elect Mendez delivered mail-in ballots that he knew were fraudulent and that they were filled out by an ineligible voter. Yet Democrats say we're supposed to trust the mail-in voting process. In fact, there was a video this weekend that I tweeted out of post office workers throwing away Republican mailers just because they didn't like them, threw them away in the trash. And we're just supposed to hand over our elections carte blanche to these very same Democrats who deny truth, who deny data and deny the very existence of deep rooted fraud and abuse. I don't think so. And listen to this unbelievably astounding piece of data out of Wisconsin. Get this in Wisconsin, April's election, only 52 of more than 400,000 voters and poll workers were confirmed to have contracted the Chinese coronavirus. None of those cases were fatal. 
This equals an infection rate below two one-hundredths of one percent. There is no public health justification to let Democrats overtake our country and our democratic means of electing leaders in our constitutional republic. Here's another story that's absolutely blowing up over the weekend as the rioting continues across America. I, I, I love this. If you guys have not seen this video, you have to check it out because I feel like he's all of us. This guy, Mark McCluskey and his wife, Patricia McCluskey, they were recorded and they've gone totally viral over the weekend for doing what the media says is unthinkable. And what is that, you may ask? Well, they had the audacity to stand in front of their home and defend it from incoming rioters that were storming through their neighborhood, trespassing on private property. I mean, who can blame them, by the way? And by the way, the media then says, white individuals point guns at protesters. I mean, it's so dishonest. What we've now seen are roving gangs of thugs and vigilantes can do whatever they want to private property, whether they're looting it, burning it, or surrounding it, tearing it down, or terrorizing it. It's no wonder that these homeowners exercise their Second Amendment rights to defend their property. And this is CBS specifically, who came out and said that white couple aims guns at protesters. And so, look, Democrats, they can't have it both ways. They can't be outraged that people take it upon themselves to defend themselves if you also defund their police protection. And, and, you, and you read this article, it says white couple aims guns at St. Louis protesters. And basically, here's how it should be. Angry mob trespasses onto private property that's not theirs. American couple legally defends themselves using constitutionally protected right. Angry mob leaves and learns a valuable lesson. Their color has nothing to do with anything. Isn't it interesting going back to what I opened the show with, where you have a black criminal that kills two black innocent teenagers, and what is Good Morning America says, two teenage boys shot to death, and there's no color at all used in the coverage of the story, yet Someone tries to protect their property legally and no shots are fired and says white couple aims guns at St. Louis protesters. It's race baiting. It's like the media wants a race war in our country. I said this. I said I tweeted out and it's gone very viral. Isn't it amazing how the media had no issue with the armed terrorists outside of CHOP, which is the Capitol Hill operating protest or whatever, operational protest or autonomous zone, whatever, but are outraged over two law abiding citizens arming themselves to defend their home. Remember, if the left did not have double standards, they would have no standards at all. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. This is exactly the type of security system that Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now, when feeling safe at home has ever been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Order online with the click of a button, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. All of the property I care about uses Simply Safe. For all the criminals on the loose, we're letting criminals out of jail like it's going out of fashion and they're prowling around and they're committing crimes and they're going after innocent people. That's why you need Simply Safe. No technician or safe salesperson has come ever to disrupt your house. You do it yourself. You don't need to pay an outrageous monthly fee or sign a two-year contract. Simply Safe was named the best overall home security system of 2020 by US and World Report, and their 24-7 professional monitoring system and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Head to simplysafe.com slash Charlie, get free shipping. Again, criminals are on the loose. They're doing some really bad things and police are not coming there as quickly as they should. That's why you need Simply Safe, a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash Charlie, simplysafe.com slash Charlie. Make sure they know that our show sent you.
And you probably also saw the news. My goodness. One of the last pieces of hope I had for our country was our court system. I thought that we could have fair and impartial judges. I thought that the Supreme Court would really come and stand for truth and rule fairly and without a leftist radical agenda. I thought the recent additions of Kavanaugh and Gorsuch were welcome additions to the U.S. Supreme Court. Let me give you just an update on how everyone's doing on the Supreme Court. Let me kind of rank them for you, if you will. Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Brett Kavanaugh get A pluses. They've been terrific. Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas. They have ruled brilliantly in this session. Phenomenal. Neil Gorsuch gets a C. Neil Gorsuch ruled improperly and incorrectly, and I believe unconstitutionally. Recently, it's been one of his only poor rulings, so he gets a C. Sotomayor, Stephen Breyer, Elena Kagan, and John Roberts get an F. This is from the Associated Press. The Supreme Court on Monday struck down a Louisiana law regulating abortion clinics, reasserting a commitment to abortion rights over fierce opposition from dissenting conservative justices in their first big abortion case of the Trump era. John Roberts, who just seems he is so committed to making sure he appeases the anti-American, fundamentalist, anti-Western individuals on the Supreme Court of Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Breyer, and Kagan. He helped strike down this pro-life law. In the majority opinion for June Medical Services versus Russo, Justice Stephen Breyer, who's awful, wrote Louisiana's law requiring abortionists to have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals to facilitate the continuity of care in the event of emergencies has, quote, nothing to do with the state's asserted interest in promoting women's health and safety. So they're not interpreting the law. They're not actually doing what the Supreme Court's supposed to do, which is supposed to be a fair and impartial mediator of conflicts when it comes to the interpretation of law. They're making their own law. The National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, President Thomas Glessner, also said in a statement, quote, women seeking abortions have the same right to competent and quality care as patients involved in other surgical procedures. Continues, this ruling allows the loophole enjoyed by abortionists to remain open at the expense of the women at the abortion industry who they claim to serve. All states, including Louisiana, have an interest in regulating abortion and a duty to protect women, he said. Unfortunately, today's Supreme Court decision denies this critical principle. And mind you, the law that the court just struck down was not some Republican attempt to restrict abortion by any means. It was written by a black Democrat out of Louisiana. Are they racist? Is the Supreme Court now racist? Of course, the media will not take up that narrative because the media wants the abortion industry to remain as is. The media wants a million abortions a year. The media is invested in having the continuing termination of innocent lives in the womb to continue. State Senator Katrina Jackson responded very powerfully to the Supreme Court's ruling. And this is something you got to hear. Play tape. I'm Louisiana State Senator Katrina Jackson. I am disappointed that today's Supreme Court decision strikes down Louisiana common sense law that I authored to protect women injured in abortion facilities. I am proud to be a pro-life Democrat. I am proud that this law received overwhelming support by both women and men, Democrats and Republicans, 
black legislators and white legislators. Once again, unelected justices have substituted their policy preferences over the clear will of the people of my great state. As long as the Supreme Court continues to meddle in an area that rightfully belongs in the democratic process, women will remain subject to substandard abortion facilities. But know that together with my colleagues, we will continue to pursue policies that both protect the health and safety of women and the lives of the unborn children. After we take a closer look at the decision, we will issue a more in-depth commentary. Thank you, and let's all continue to pray for life. Here's just a little 101 on abortion. People say it's my body, my choice. If it was your body, your choice, why does that something that you're disposing of have different DNA? If it's not your DNA, maybe it's not your choice. Abortion stops a beating heart. That unique form of DNA made in God's image will never happen again. When you terminate a life in the womb, you are terminating beauty made in the image of God. Do you know that if you see a black woman in New York City, it's more likely she's going to the abortion clinic than to the delivery room. The abortion rate is higher in the black community than the birth rate in the black community in New York City in particular. There are over 400,000 abortions a year in the black community. Do you know how many abortions a day there are in America? 3,000 abortions a day. Do you want to hear a provocative thought experiment? Maybe we would not have to have the overly generous immigration policies that we have, of which I do not support, if we did not terminate one million human beings in the womb every single year. Maybe all of a sudden we wouldn't have these issues like, oh, we don't have enough workers, which is just not true, by the way. The data does not reflect that. Imagine how many lives and dreams and futures just disappeared because of these reckless abortion policy that we continue. And people say, well, it's the woman's choice. Well, it's not her body. It's not her choice. She is the host of the human being, but it's a separate human being. Just because that human being happens to be inside of you does not mean you have all the jurisdiction or the rights to be able to terminate that, human's being, that human being's life from existing. The Republicans generally have totally turned their back on the fight for life. This is such a cut and dry issue. Either you stand for the lives of the unborn and the people that cannot defend themselves, or you stand on the side of the abortion industry and the abortion lobby that's currently pushing forward 1 million abortions a year. Here's a great question that you should ask the abortion advocates in your life and ask so calmly and compassionately. When does life begin? I have a very viral video that I've put on my Instagram that has been shared tens of thousands of times. But when you ask the question, so, hey, when does life begin? They, they kind of muddle around the abortion advocates and they say, well, maybe uh, life begins at birth. Okay. So you're okay with abortion up to birth? Oh, no, I think that's a little bit too extreme. Okay, then when does life begin? And they might say seven weeks. Well, why not six weeks? What happens at seven that's not exist? At six. Some people say, well, life begins with a heartbeat. Say, okay, well, was the DNA not formed before the heartbeat? Well, life begins at self-sufficiency. If, you're not, if you can't take care of yourself, then you're not a human being. Well, then should we just unplug every single person who's comatose that has the aid of a ventilator or has the aid of a machine feeding them currently? The answer is, of course not. See, we have a very specific answer, those of us in the pro-life community. Life begins 
at conception. Life begins at that magic moment when something new is created, where you have two pre-existing opposite entities and a new life is created. It's magical. It's miraculous. And yet we have 60 million abortions in our country. Abortion factories, by the way. We have the most extreme abortion laws in the entire world. And it's a total misinterpretation and a total misunderstanding of Roe versus Wade in a variety of different ways. Roe versus Wade was one of the most destructive decisions to the fabric of America and the history of our country. And we did not even have the science that we have today when they made that decision. In fact, there, there are a lot of questions around when life begins and abortion in general when that decision was made so many decades ago. And so there's a lot of misinformation that goes around about the abortion issue, why John Roberts goes out of his way to try to pander to the most radical leftist elements of American society is beyond me. But I think that there is a need for conservatives to stand for truth, especially on this issue now more than ever. Because it seems like we've just kind of surrendered this issue. And John Roberts, by the way, was appointed by a Republican president. John Roberts was appointed by George W. Bush. John Roberts, who ruled incorrectly on Obamacare, who ruled incorrectly recently on the LGBT decision, just repeatedly sides with the activist left. We need more wartime conservatives. We need people who recognize that we are in fact in a culture war at the American left, that this is no longer just a policy debate. This is something much more intimate, much more real than just, oh, I high taxes, low taxes. We can go along to get along. We are dealing with sinister, destructive, malevolent voices that do not want what's best for the United States of America. Wartime conservatism must come back. And we can learn a lot from the great Winston Churchill on what it means to have be a wartime conservative, not someone who just wants to appease the other side. When it's a sad day in America when we are supposed to have a 5-4 conservative majority on the Supreme Court because this will now do nothing to stop the 1 million abortions that are happening in America every single year. And one more point on that. Ask your friends, do you want more or less abortions? Do you think 1 million is, is a good number, something we should be proud of? See, the left used to argue for less abortions. Now they argue for more abortions. So does BLM. It's one of the greatest moral injustices our country has ever allowed to happen. And now we have a Republican-appointed Supreme Court justice that sides with the activist left and leaves the rest of America behind. So there's a lot of hysteria going on right now around the surge in the Chinese coronavirus. People are saying it's time to lock down America again. So first of all, I just want to make it very clear. I could not be more opposed to locking down America again. It would be one of the worst, most destructive, most disastrous decisions America could possibly make. Locking down our country... The way we did it resulted in serious damage to the fabric of, of America. Increase in alcoholism, depression, drug usage, mental health issues, you name it. Locking down was a huge mistake, not to mention the people who lost their jobs, lost their way of life, had so many things that they were counting on to be canceled immediately. So first of all, this is one of the John Hopkins charts that people say is coronavirus cases in the United States have not fallen as much as they have in the European Union. 
It says the seven-day rolling average of new coronavirus cases between March 1st and June 21st, and it shows a big upward tick in just the last couple weeks. So what's going on here? The answer lies in this, positive tests versus actual disease. Mind you, the increase in positive tests are due to increased tests and lax testing. So first of all, if you go into a health clinic for anything right now, anything in the hospital, I've talked to many doctors and many people that run hospitals. They have told me this repeatedly, dozens of people, and it's been reported on, but not by the media. They've ignored it. That if you go in for anything, you are tested for the Chinese coronavirus. America leads the world in testing. We have over 30 million people that have been tested, but this is a good thing. More tests have actually decreased the mortality rate. So the media should be celebrating that the mortality rate is going down. The current CDC mortality rate, according to the great Dr. Keith Rose, who we'll have back on the podcast soon, I encourage you to go back in the archives and listen to our very long conversation with him alongside Aaron Ginn. This is according to cdc.gov slash coronavirus slash 2019, and I'll post that on, on our website. For the overall mortality rate is 0.004. 65 years and older, 0.013. 50 to 64 years, 0.002. 0 to 49 years, 0.0005. So who is exploiting the rise in these rates despite the mortality rate being unbelievably low? How about Hillary Clinton? That's who. She hasn't lied or demagogued enough recently, so she's trying to contribute into the conversation. She's an unbelievably disgusting person, so why not try to fearmonger Hillary? You're so good at it. Democrats continue to try to exploit this pandemic and the Americans who are suffering from this virus to score cheap, really, really cheap political points. Hillary Clinton tweeted out, quote, great again, as the United States has an increase in cases only because we have an increase in testing. This article, which is actually a letter to the editor at the Orlando Sentinel from a local doctor, is terrific. It's from Dr. John T. Little. Here's the letter to the editor. Why increasing the number of cases of COVID-19 is not bad news. Here's a few excerpts that I think you'll be really benefit you. The case definition, which is established for all these diseases by the CDC, requires the presence of signs and symptoms of that disease. In other words, each case involved a sick patient. Laboratory studies may be performed to confirm a diagnosis, but are not sufficient in the absence of clinical symptoms. Wow. So in essence, any person that has influenza or illness like that, ILI, could be considered a case of COVID-19, even without confirmatory lab testing. The CDC has even advised to consider any deaths from pneumonia or ILI as COVID-related deaths, unless the physician or medical examiner establishes another infectious agent as, they, as the cause of illness. Now, before I continue, let's just play tape from Dr. Burks, who said at a press conference a couple months ago, that it is the position for us to take a more liberal approach in how we categorize COVID-19 cases, play tape. So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very different situation um, and unknown. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition and let's say the virus called you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that 
as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, right now, we're still recording it, and we'll... I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Now, maybe you can see why the increased number of cases and even deaths due to COVID-19 is fraught with misinterpretation and is not in any way a max measure of actual morbidity or mortality from COVID-19. Why did we as a society stop sending our kids to school and camps and other sports and activities? Why did we stop going to work in church and public parks and beaches? Why did we insist that healthy people should stay at home rather than observing the evidence-based, medically prudent method of identifying those who were sick and isolating them from the rest of the population, advising the sick to stay at home and allowing the rest of society to function normally? And while we witnessed the gatherings of protesters in recent days, by the way, the LGBT groups had massive protests, and I guess this virus is so woke. If you're protesting George Floyd or LGBT issues, you can't get the virus. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how we tolerate this, how we are not pushing back more aggressively. It's unacceptable to me. Fear is a very powerful weapon. Franklin Delano Roosevelt famously broadcast to Americans in 1933 said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Play tape. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. I would argue that we actually have to fear those who try to make us afraid and make us surrender basic freedoms without justification. If you look at the data, deaths are actually going down in Florida, Texas, Arizona, and California. And even the COVID-19, the Chinese coronavirus-related deaths, is a very questionable figure to look at in general. And maybe Arizona has ticked up slightly depending on which metric or which, let's say, tool you use. But Florida, Texas, and California have gone down over the last month and a half. And it depends on which time period you are referencing and how you actually categorize the deaths and how long we have had the disease or the virus in our country. Because we, our starting point was so lackluster because our testing was so questionable. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. And BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. Do you need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props of the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. Visit BetOnline.ag. Don't forget that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So in other censorship news, the CEO of Reddit, and if you don't know what Reddit.com is, it's kind of a free-form part of the internet that is supposed to be against censorship. But Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit, announced in a post today that R the Donald, which is hilarious. I've gone to R the Donald for years. Some of it pushes the boundaries of creativity. And I, I just think it's more than anything else, just a creative 
place for people that love the president to be able to try out new ideas. And Reddit has banned are the are the Donald indefinitely. Uh, Seven hundred ninety thousand subscribers has been shuttered uh, for frequent rule breaking, antagonizing the company and other communities for failing to quote meet our basic expectations. The rationale is this: is somehow saying that whites are in the majority. I kid you not. There was a tweet that explained this. Reddit rules explicitly let you promote hate against whites since they are the majority. But whites, by the way, are only 12% of the global population, interestingly enough. This comes as Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced on Friday that the company is expanding its policies against calls to incite violence and voter suppression and may add labels to some posts calling them offending from political leaders such as Trump that may run afoul of its rules. And just breaking as of this recording, Twitch, which is a streaming platform owned by Jeff Bezos, uh, who also owns the Washington Post, has temporarily banned President Trump's account for, quote, hateful conduct stemming from the footage of what? His speeches. We have covered this extensively on The Charlie Kirk Show, that Twitter continues to be an absolute train wreck for conservatives, and they are just censoring and delisting and attacking conservatives with incredible regularity. I encourage you to go back in the archives and listen to some of these episodes, especially my sit-down with conservative digital warrior ALX. So here's the question is, when will we fight back against this blatant censorship? I would rather have a conservative who turns their back on the market to protect democratic means of institutions than someone who so vigorously sides with market-based principles yet stands idly by as big tech interferes in our elections. These times call for wartime conservatives. And where are they? Well, name a couple. Tom Cotton, Donald Trump, Devin Nunez, Matt Gates. But where are the rest? Where are the fighters? And I'll say this. Everyone can say Joe Biden is controlled by the radical fringe of the Democrat Party. And of course, it's true that he is. But until Republicans stand up and fight, we're also controlled by the Democrat Party. So is our party. Democrats are using this virus the riots and everything happening in America to push a radical agenda, and we are letting them do it. And what do Republicans get in response to it? A police reform bill, which again, I think police generally do need some level of reform, but police officers matter. We need to stand with our police officers, not against them. Caving yet again to the demands of the left. So I want to end the episode with just talking about the amazing emails we got at freedom at charliekirk.com off the prior episode. If you haven't listened to it, please do, where I essentially ask you, for ideas about what the president can do and what we can do to make our country a better, stronger place. I like using you guys as a way to strengthen my worldview, as a way to poke holes in my arguments, as a way to try to make my arguments better and also get ideas from you. So please keep emailing me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Here are some of the best ones. Here is one that I, I just loved. Charlie, wouldn't it be awesome if at a future rally or speech, Trump revealed a new monument to be installed that symbolizes the real history of this great nation? I have no idea what that would be, maybe with an inscription that says, In God We Trust, but something to replace what has been torn down and give hope to this hurting nation. I really do believe that there is a large silent majority. Almost everyone that has opened up to me agrees. That's a great idea. Whoever had that question, I have your name, but if you're listening to this, email me, freedom at charliekirk.com. You get a free signed copy of the New York Times bestseller, MAGA Doctrine. Here's another great one is that President Trump should commit to building two federal statues for every one that gets torn down. I totally agree with this. I realize that there's some not so great men that have statues, but I can make an argument that if there's not even more men that have no statues at all. Here's another good one. It's Charlie, I think President Trump should commit to building 10 fairly massive statues of our military heroes. A lot on the statues. It's really interesting 
the symbology and the icons of our country, it really hits home to our audience here. So thank you for communicating that. Essentially, this idea closes with, why don't we have 10 statues of Medal of Honor recipients that are built immediately? Here's another good one. Charlie, President Trump should go on a strong communities tour. Personally, he currently sends out people to work in depressed areas. But what about going to the people? Work with local leaders to host events. Totally love that idea. Here's another good one. Charlie, President Trump needs to find strong proxies to go out and speak with or for him. The Jim Jordans and Matt Gates are great, but even more than ever, he needs black leaders and Hispanic leaders. Please email me your thoughts and your feedback of what you think President Trump needs to do to pivot towards victory towards November. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to the This Is Big podcast. It's one of our best reviewed podcasts we have ever had and one of our best listened to podcasts we've ever had. And please also listen to my exclusive interview with the President of the United States, President Trump. And also listen to our sister episode tonight where I addressed a packed audience. That's right. There are still some people meeting in this country uh, at the Wyoming Republican Convention. And I laid it all on the line. I gave, I gave a call to action to the Republicans and conservative and asked why are they not fighting? Why are they not stepping up when we need them the most? I encourage you to listen to our sister episode today. So please email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. It's time for us to think creatively. It's time for us to think outside the box, which is the old kind of metaphor that people use, but it's time for us to think towards victory. We are a beautiful, benevolent, generous, aspirational, creative country. Our country is under attack by malevolent dark forces and light will win against the dark. We will win. That's what we're doing every single day at Turning Point USA. Please consider supporting us at tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Please consider supporting our organization. We would greatly appreciate it. Chip in some money if you can. Get engaged, get involved. God bless you guys for listening and for supporting our show. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.